Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Crochet Circle podcast. I just did a little jig there. It might be because I'm on my third coffee. Just did a little coffee jig. Hello, how are you all doing? This episode is going to be called a declutter, de-stash and simplify because that is what I'm trying to do to my life. I'm getting all organised and getting loads of stuff out the door that we no longer use or need and just generally trying to simplify our lives and we're both we're both on it so we're going through the house sorting out all the things um including the stash palace so come on to that in a minute um but for this episode i have got all dog new tricks um another yarn review for you with such lovely yarn um i also have final destination some on routes I have got, what else do I have, a little bit of feeding the habit and quick news beads and a shador for you and that feels like quite enough frankly doesn't it. Um, so let's start with old dog new tricks. Um, this is very timely because I'm not, I'm not by no means, I'm by no means not the only one. That kind of makes sense, you know what I mean. Um, doing a kind of declutter. I think lots of people are and I'm wondering if it's in part because of um, pandemic situation and people have been sat in their houses looking at all the stuff they've got and just reevaluating what's actually required. What do you need? What don't you need? What is just extra stuff that doesn't really bring enough to the party to keep it in your house? And I've just been on Instagram and seen that Lisa, who's Lisa Raspberry Crochet, is doing a de-stash as well. So um, I know there are a few of you that are, and I'm about to do one too. So today's trick is just a kind of three-level process of how to look at your stash. If you've got a lot, I'm holding my hand up because I have a lot of stash. Um, and if you want to move stuff on, I was going to say get rid of it. That sounds a bit like mean, get it out of the house. I don't mean that. What I mean is if you want to move it on elsewhere, then the kind of three ways that you can look at your stash and prioritise what goes where. So I think, first of all, for me, and this is, you know, entirely personal, but I have got like the older stash and the more commercial end of things that maybe I bought a few years ago when I was first starting out that I'm not trying to recoup any value for. And therefore, I'm just going to pass it straight onto a charity shop because somebody else will get use of that or onto somebody that is going to make use of it directly. So for me, that would be like some of my uh, DK yarns because I don't work that much in DK and odd balls of wool that I've had from here, then everywhere and the more commercial end that I don't tend to do a lot of crochet or knitting with. And I had quite a lot of that that was in kind of oddballs here and here and there. Normally, what I would do is take that to a charity shop. But actually, a friend that I saw at the weekend, her daughter crochets, um, blankets for people that need blankets to keep warm throughout the winter. So I dropped um all of that part of my stash off at her house yesterday. So that will go to her daughter Harry, and Harry will crochet up. Um, something for somebody that needs it so I'm really chuffed about that um, so that's kind of ticked that charity angle box what I would say is when I dropped a load of crafting stuff off at um, we have a St Luke's hospice 
locally and I dropped a load of stuff off at their um, charity shop and they were over the moon to receive crafting stuff. By and large, I know that my local charity shops really enjoy getting crafting things and they're happy to take partial projects as well. So that's worth checking with your charity shop if you've got a partial project that you're not going to get all the way through. The way that they want to receive it is with the pattern or instructions, with the rest of the materials that are required and preferably with any of the equipment that you've got as well. So if you're able to do that and you've got a partial project and you don't want the wool, rather than frogging it, somebody else might buy it, the charity will get the benefit and somebody else may continue on with that project. They might frog it as well, but at least then A, if they're going to continue, they're going to do it and B, you don't have to frog it. Fogging isn't that much fun. So that's kind of level one of the de-stash, declutter of your yarn. Level two, I think, is um, like more commercial yarns where you've maybe got a larger quantity of them. So you might have two or three balls or a jumper's quantity or like a, a bigger amount that somebody can go at with a project. And if it's at the commercial level, so I'm talking about things like Maybe Rowan, um, Erica Knight, Debbie Bliss, all the, like the bigger companies that people are aware of. eBay is a great place to be able to sell that stuff on if you want to be able to get some value back for it. I have bought loads and loads of yarn on eBay. I've had some proper bargains on eBay as well. And um, what that means is that people are more likely to know that brand to have already used it and to know what it is that they're dealing with. So they've got the confidence to go and buy it on a platform like eBay. So that's a great place to um, move that part of your stash along and get some money back. Let's face it, we've spent quite a bit of money on our stashes and some things you don't just want to pass on to charity, some things you actually want to get some, some cash back on. So that's uh, number two. And I like I say, I've bought loads of Rowan, loads of Edekanite stuff on eBay. Previously, had some proper bargains on eBay. Um, and it can be a great ground. If you're looking to pick up on somebody else's stash, it can be a great way of finding um, bits and pieces that you already know and love. What I would say is a really good tip for that one is, and this is a great eBay tip across the board. I'm a bit of a, a keyboard uh, wizard when it comes to eBay, I love getting a bargain, um, is if you find somebody who's got stash that you really like, watch that item, but also go in and there's a button on the right hand side and you it will click you through to a link that says see sellers other items and if you click onto there then you can see if they've got more stash available and then it saves you sifting through all of eBay. You can actually just see if they've got more stuff that you like and want to get hold of top ebay tip um so that's kind of number two dealt with and then number three is really your high-end stuff that you 100% don't want to just give away you want to derive some value out of it so maybe like your hand-dyed skein of yarns your silk mohairs your pure british breed stuff that you really love but you just for whatever reason you're not going to use it and it needs a new home for that sort of stuff, I've got two kind of options for you. The first one is to do what I'm going to do, which is, and what Lisa's doing, which is sell it on Instagram stories. So if you pre-warn people that that's what you're going to do, then you can do it in one day 
and then people know to just keep an eye on your stories in that one day and then you can delete it as stuff is sold you can just delete it out and then it's gone it doesn't have to sit on your grid you don't have to put loads of effort into it it's just done um logistically you then have to keep a tab on who's coming back to you and saying that they want what so it's not the easiest way to sell it but it's it's still probably the quickest sorry i've stopped because the little grey squirrel is out there he's not so little because he's been eating all my nuts he's a proper little rat bag basically a bushy-tailed rat Grr. right i'll continue um the second option for your kind of higher end skeins is to actually find some of the groups on Facebook which are there for reselling yarn. So I, I'm in one which is called Yarn Snobs Hand Dyed Yarns FSOT which is for sale or transfer and that's on Facebook. So that is predominantly for UK people but what I would suggest is if you live elsewhere try and find a group that is um, relatable to your country. Otherwise you're going to be paying quite a lot of money for postage and packaging especially given that the prices have just risen to get stuff from the UK into America and from America into the UK the postage costs are now horrendous so try and find something that's local to you and then you can spend more money on yarn and less money on postage and packaging you will also find bits and pieces on those um, Facebook groups new to you dyers people you have never come across before and again if you're selling you can get some decent value back out of your skeins because the people that are in that groups really understand the value of hand dyed and the value of those precious skeins that we've paid quite a bit of money for so if you're looking for maximum value coming back out from your stash instagram stories and um some of the groups on facebook are i think your best bet um for instagram stories of course you can also put things up there like um i'm going to do books as well and i'm also going to do some of my material stash so it's probably an easier place for doing an entire crafting day stash rather than just your yarn um but if you're if you're doing what i'm doing and you're looking at de-stashing and decluttering then sort it, I would suggest sorting into those three piles. It makes it really easy. And then you can always go back through those three piles and see if you need to move some over or not. And also what it means is if you don't sell something in like the high end, you could demote it to the EB end. And then if you don't sell something in the EB end, you could demote it into the charity shop end. That sounds like I'm really trying to give charity shops a rum deal. And I'm not at all, but... We spent a lot of money on this stash and I personally want to get as much money back out of it as I can. That's what I'm after. So, um, yeah, bits are charity that can go that way. Other bits I really want to try and get some cash back on them. So I'm actually going to do a de-stash this Sunday, which is the 4th of October. I am starting at 12 o'clock on Instagram stories for the Crochet Circle podcast. That's where I'll put it all. So if you're interested, I will have fabric, I will have um, crafting books and I will have some yarn and some wool. I don't have loads of yarn and wool that I'm giving up because, you know, they're still my babies. But there's there are some bits that I'm willing to part with. <laughs> but quite a lot of fabric that is going out the door. So, um yeah come and have a look if you want to see what is going to be available and then if you've got loads 
what I can do is um, work out an overall postage rate and then send it off to you if there's anything that you want. Next up, I have a yarn review for you. Guess who it's with? <laughs> John Arvin Textiles. You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> um, Sonia got in touch and said, do you fancy having a quick look at our new um, Alpaca Supreme? So I've used this yarn before, but what they've actually done is updated it with some new colours. So it had a fairly limited palette previously, and you may recognise three of them from a cowl that I did in their latest annual, the annual number two. Um, I made a cowl out of their three grey colours. And what they've added to it, they also had a, a white, which is beautiful, but they've added four more colours to it. So there's a denim steely blue, a light sage green, quite a, a heathered tone, a gorgeous vintage pink, and a um, quite a vintagey as well, purple as well, like very, not a purple purple, but almost quite a, a pinky lavender purple is the best way that I can describe it. So it has eight colours in the entire Alpaca Supreme and I was dealing with the four ply but there is a little note that says that they have got plans to release a heavy lace weight so 600 metres per 100 grams in the next few months which will be amazing. So I'm looking forward to that because I don't mind a heavy lace weight as we've discovered so long as the hook is big enough. I can live with it. Um, so the Alpaca Supreme is 40% British Alpaca, 40% Organic Falklands Merino and 20% A1 Milbury. M Milbury. I'm really struggling with words today. 20% <laughs> A1 Mulberry Silk. Um, and I just had a little look at what the different um, bits within that meant. So the, the Alpaca that they've used is UK grown and it is super fine alpaca and I just was interested last night to see what super fine alpaca meant and I looked through a few different websites and what I discovered is generally alpaca fibre is graded into five or six different grades and that depends on softness so the real high 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 end is called royal alpaca or baby alpaca or like an amalgamation of the two and a baby alpaca is called a Kriya, so you might also see it referred to as Kriya alpaca. Now, here's the rub. Baby alpaca doesn't necessarily come from a baby alpaca. It can come from a more fully grown alpaca, and it's to do with the softness of the alpaca itself. So there is very little actual royal alpaca out there, which is taken as like the grade 1-2, depending on which system you're looking at. The next one down from that is the super fine alpaca, which is what John and Juliet have put into this yarn, and it is so soft, it is absolutely beautiful. If you've already worked with Knit by Numbers, then you know how gloriously soft their um, merino is. It's organic Falklands merino. It's a long-standing yarn that they have done, and it's really beautiful and soft to work with, and it crochets up beautifully as well. And then the A1 Mulberry Silk, see Silk? That was that would be a very Scottish way of pronouncing Silk, Sulk. 
um, the A1 Mulberry Silk. <laughs> Sorry, the A1 Mulberry Silk. <laughs> silk, silk, silk is um, one of two types. So you get Tussa Silk or you get Mulberry Silk, tends to be for the yarn industry. Mulberry has got a higher shine to it, so it's got a higher luster. And the A1 refers to the fact that it's really very pure. So it doesn't have any neps and little bits coming off of the cocoon as part of the silk itself. You're just getting a really pure, lovely, fine strand of silk. So again, it's like way up there. It's the best of the best that you can get. That's what they've put into this yarn. So when I say it's luxurious and beautiful and soft, it really is. It's gorgeous. So I've actually got it. I don't know. I'll try and take a photo for the show notes. But I've popped it into my John Arbin textiles bag. You get these with a lot of your orders. So I have many of them. Um, and I've actually decorated it. I embroidered because it's got um, like a banner with John Arbin textiles written on it. Uh, and some flowers kind of around it. I embroidered the flowers to just give it a little bit of oomph. Um, right, so let's show you what the actual project looks like. So I'm using uh, Morganite, which is the Dusky Rose pink colour. And it's absolutely beautiful. I said to Sonia, just send me whatever colour you want to send me and I will um, make up a sample for them. So that's the other thing I'm doing this for is this is a sample for them of my positivity um, spiral cowl. And I was so pleased when I opened up the package and I saw that um, she sent me this dusky rose pink. It's got a real vintage quality to it. It's so soft, and I mean soft in terms of the colour, beyond just the way the yarn feels. And it's it's just so beautiful and soft. And with the silk that's in there as well, you get this um, heathering effect to it. And it's just gorgeous. I think the way that they've done it is that the, um, the alpaca has been dyed, possibly with or without the... Um, the merino in there at the same time and then the silk is in its natural colour that's what it looks like to me which means that you've got this lovely blend of colours and it's not one saturated colour that's coming through so it's got a real delicacy about it and it means that what you're getting from that silk is the sheen coming off it and it's just it's lovely and it's so ridiculously soft um so if you are somebody who doesn't like a lot of wool um because you feel the prickle even if that's merino this might be a good option for you because 60 percent of it is non-wool so you've got 40 percent alpaca 20 percent silk alpaca is also known for its hypoallergenic um, qualities and what i would say is even if you feel the prickle a little bit with alpaca because do you remember last month I talk about I talked about the difference between um, woolen spun and worsted spun, and in worsted spun all of the fibres are combed into the same direction. That's what they do at the John Arbin mill. It's a worsted spun mill, and what that means when they're combing is that the shorter fibres that you would get in alpaca are actually combed out, and what you're left with are the longer fibres, 
and with the longer fibres you don't tend to get the prickle because you don't have as many fibres poking out. So if you are somebody that has issues with prickle, this delicate little beauty might be just the thing for you. I'll put some close-ups into the um, show notes and I will hold it up here too. But you might just be able to see that you can see some flyaway fibres in there, but they are soft they're not they're not like jagging up on end they're soft and beautiful you know they're not going to rasp your hands it's not that kind of a it's not that kind of a yarn but it's really gorgeous to work with I keep on stopping every now and then while I'm working on this and just put it up to my cheek and pet it and love it because it's it's just so soft. I started this at the weekend and I don't know how many times I was with friends and I don't know how many times I was commenting on how nice this yarn um, was. And it's um it, it's lightweight feeling, but it's also lovely and warm. That's the beauty of alpaca as well, as you get a real warmth from it. It's actually quite hard wearing as well, which um kind of goes against the grain of what you would think for something that is so soft. With that level of softness, you don't necessarily think about durability, but actually alpaca is really quite a durable fibre. It can be used as a sock um, yarn, so that's one to think about as well. But I just love it. The colour in particular is just absolutely wonderful. So this comes in at £20 uh, skein, and a skein is sport weight at the moment until they've also got the heavy lace weight. And that is um, 330 metres, 333 metres per 100 grams. So they call it a sport weight, which is more American terminology. Um, and they also call it a heavy four ply, more for the UK scene. But I think the UK is more and more used to hearing sport weight as a term and understanding what that means. So this is a true sport weight at 333 metres per 100 grams. And it just... It's beautiful, it has drape and it's gorgeous. I really love it. So, um, what else did I want to tell you about it? I think that this would be really suitable for shawls where you want that drape. Or if you've got a more standard yarn and you want to add just an edging of something really gorgeous, you could use this to edge off your shawl and get drape from that without having to use it for an entire shawl if you're um kind of being a bit budget savvy i also think it would make amazing mittens because it would feel lovely on your hands same with a hat um and i would really love to see it as a pair of bed socks i think it would be lovely and warm i mean the silk is quite hard wearing and alpaca is quite hard wearing so you could potentially use it as normal socks but the merino is going to run through quite quickly. So maybe better as a bed sock option. And I also have this kind of vision of... I would love it in this anthracite, this dark, dark grey. I would love a little cropped cardigan. Not quite like a bolero, something quite squared off. I would love to make myself a little cardigan in, in that anthracite colour dark 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 grey I just think it would be stunning and the drape that you would get from that would be incredible um I like when I talk about drape what I mean from that is that it hangs really well and it's almost got a fluidity to it so it's not something that just 
like hangs and stays there. So as I move, it doesn't kind of not move around with my body. It actually, it's got that swish factor. And that's one of the things that you get from alpaca is it's got that drape and fluidity to it. Um, so what I always do when I do a yarn review is pull out the five words that are immediately brought to mind when I think about the yarn that I'm dealing with. And so my five for Alpaca Supreme were luxe, as in luxurious, shiny, delicate, super soft and drapey. And I think that just sums it up perfectly. This is like a high-end yarn that you would just want for really special snuggly things um, that you just, you want to kind of burrow down into because it's just beautiful. It crochets up nicely. It doesn't split. I'm using a 3.75 millimeter hook with this and um, I've got a really nice fabric out of that. I've, I'd already made one of these in their fawn color, which is no longer which is why I'm reading this one. Um, and it's just a real joy to work with. There's no point at which it's snagging on the hook. I'm not getting um, fibres getting caught up on the hook. And like I say, it's not splitting. It just, and because it's got that silk in there, just the movement of crocheting around the hook is really easy. And like it's effortless motion. To, you know, some yarns are like hard work on and off your hook. And I always tend to use metal hooks because I find that I get enough um, friction where I need friction and glide where I need glide. And this just glides off my hook without creating um, a loose tension, which is really lovely. So I see more Alpaca Supreme in my future. Maybe when I've sold all of my de-stash, <laughs> I can restash with some Alpaca Supreme. So on to final destinations my first one which I had just started uh, last month and was finished in no time at all to be honest is my Encanto, Encanto Not Wrap by Claudia Carpenter who is Crochet Luna so Claudia's pattern is actually for a big long wrap that uses two 100 gram skeins of four ply I wanted a cowl because I know what I'm like. I love a cowl and it's really practical for me in the office. I'm often bending over um, and a shawl can just fall off me. So that's why I did a cowl instead. And I have barely taken this off since I finished it. And what I would say is because my wardrobe is very blue and very navy and very teal, this goes with most of my wardrobe because it is a very dark, um, very dark teal turquoise. Like to the end of that dark stretch that you get in a magpie. That's what it, this colour is. That really kind of petrol, dark, dark petrol colour. Um, and I just, I love it. It's so warm. And again, it's alpaca. I'm really on a little alpaca kick at the moment. I'm loving it. Um... It's a great pattern. It would be really easy to fiddle with it if you wanted to, like I did, um, because it's just worked in a big length and you're going row, um, you're working vertically down the rows. So it's easy to change out your stitch pattern. It would be easy to use it as an odds and ends um, pattern where you can just finish up with one colour and start in with another. And... Um, 
yeah, you could easily have your wrap and add buttons to it and do it as a double cowl as well. Like, it's a really versatile pattern. And oh, I love it. Like I say, I've barely taken it off. And every now and then when I'm really cold, I use it as a little snood as well and look like the woman from the Scottish Widows advert. Um, yeah, it's a really, really lovely versatile piece for me and works very well within my uh, within my wardrobe. So the alpaca that I was using for that is from Brennell Alpacas, breeders of quality. And this is alpaca that I actually bought in a yarn shop in Auckland, New Zealand. And it is, like for a 100% alpaca, it's the nicest alpaca I've ever worked with. It's super soft, it's got a really lovely twist on it, it's got a very even twist on it and it is just warm as anything, I really enjoyed it. And I've got very little left, I've got about 40 grams left, so I'm gonna to have to save this and do something special with it. I could have kept on crocheting on this cowl and used up all of my yarn. I've only got about 110 grams in this, but I didn't want it to get any longer and the height of it is just right for me so I just didn't want to add more to it it's like the perfect size cowl for me and um, for being out in the office so I will find another use for this little nugget of alpaca um, yeah. so my next design uh, finished object final destination is actually one of my first designs I had in inside crochet this month, I had two. So the first one is an office tidy set that I had done in Erica Knight's Gossipium Cotton. And it's a set of five things um, which makes use of intarsia crochet and um, tapestry crochet. So there is a coaster. It's called the jewel set because it's got a lozenge shape in the middle of most of the designs. So the coaster uses three colours, in fact all of the things pretty much use three colours and you can pick and choose whatever, whatever colours you want. And then the pen pot is done using tapestry crochet and it fits nicely over an old tin. These were, um, I think, tomato tins I had, washed out and then used. And it's been sized for that so that holds your pens, could be your crochet hooks, could be all of your crafting stuff. So coaster for your mug, pot for your um, crafting bits and pieces. There is also a, again with the lozenge shape, a desk tidy for putting all of your bits and pieces into at the end of the day. Um, and this just needs a bit of a a starch to put it back together because it's been off to the post and back um, for the photo shoot and so that can sit on your office and then all of your bits and pieces can go in there when you've finished crafting for the day and then there's also a set of three little yarn bowls or dishes so there's one that's kind of sized for um, it could be like your pencil sharpener or your rubber or stitch markers and then there's another one that is sized for little nuggets of yarn and then there's a bigger one which will actually hold an entire cake of yarn in it and within the pattern 
there is an option to add a little button and a hole or to just crochet all the way around and what that means is that you can use it as a yarn ball and pop your thread through your wool through and then secure it down with the button and then if you need to move it out of the bowl you can still do so because you can unbutton it or you can just do it as a straight dish um, so they were all in as part of the same design as well and I used um, three different colours for those ones so there's like um, an off-white a bluey grey colour and another kind of dusky pink which is my favourite pink I'm really not a massive pink fan it's not my go-to colour at all but I really love this kind of vintage dusky rose pink colour that's the one that I would go to that or like a really vibrant fuchsia pink sometimes most of all I don't go to pink but when you mix it with some other colours it really just is beautiful and I, I like the soft tones of this cotton um, from the Erica Knight range it's really nice to work with so it's a DK cotton as well so all of those are in inside crochet and then um, which is available at the moment actually that's the one that's just come out in the last week or so so that's still live and you can get it online I will add links into the show notes because they do digital copies so if you can't get hold of where you are you can get a digital copy really easily. Coffee slurp. And then the other pattern that I had in Inside Crochet is called the Igum Wrap, which um, I made using two skeins of Nellie and Eve yarn, which is dyed, it's naturally dyed by a lovely lady called uh, Helen. Helen lives on the side of a Welsh mountain and she goes foraging locally for the plants to dye the yarns with and she's got like a, a mountain spring that she uses for dyeing with. It's just, she has this beautiful setup and I first came across Helen, ooh, just over 18 months ago I think. Um, because we were stand bodies at Wonderwall Wales, she was across the way from me and obviously you get chatting to your stand buddies and she's just, she's lovely, she's got a lovely Instagram account if you fancy following her and finding out a bit more about the process of naturally dyed yarns um, yeah, her stuff is really beautiful you, a lot of naturally dyed yarns tend to be semi-solids and they're quite muted and I love them for that. They're quite saddened, which is I, I really like. Um, one of the things that Helen started doing, which is quite special for naturally dyed yarns, is that she's um, she's getting some variegated colours. So if you really like the effects of naturally dyed, but you're hankering for some variegated, have a look at what Helen is doing at Nellie and Eve because she's mastered how she's doing that to great effect as well. It's really beautiful. So the Igum wrap is um, it's basically done in a big say triangle. It's not, it's a rectangle. It's done in a big rectangle, but it's got button bands on both sides. So the button holes go round the corner of the wrap. And what that means is that you can wear it in a poncho style. You can wear it in a wrap style, just over your shoulders. You can put a twist in it and rebutton it and wear it as a twisted wrap or you can wear it um, as a big chunky cowl around your um, neck as well. So 
it's one design but it can actually be worn four different ways really easily you just unbutton and rebutton to get it to the poncho style and the other um three styles are done on the wrap making it into a big circle um i really enjoyed doing this let me just take it off of claude this um wrap it's called igum because well helen's place is on the side of mountain and wales and it's got a zigzag stitch on it which is just done using front post um, and it's a really delicate zigzag it's not in your face so it's just like a nice bit of surface relief and zigzag in welsh is igum ogum so this one is zig so this is the igum wrap and then i'm most likely going to do a knitted version which will be ogum so crochet igum zig knitted ogum zag I just, I like using, I like bringing words from different dialects into play in my, in my crochet, as long as there's a connection there. I don't want to just, you know, reappropriate something. But if there's a connection there, like the dyer actually being in Wales, then I want to kind of make sure that we're using words that should be being used. So hopefully you can see it and I'll add some photos into the show notes but like I say it's a really delicate zigzag that's on there. The colourway that I used is called Juniper and this is a mix of Blueface Leicester BFL and Massam. Um, so it's British wool, spun in Britain, dyed in, in Britain, dyed in Wales and it's um, like an off blue grey. It's more blue than grey but it definitely has grey tones to it and it's just lovely and I know that this is a hard wearing yarn because I did the home body sweater out of the same blend I dyed that up myself in kind of denim blue colours and um, it's a hard wearing wool blend it's really lovely and it's warm as well now unfortunately this wasn't sized for me I had to make it in a kind of small to medium size I think my niece is eyeing this up and I think she's not getting it. <laughs> I think it's going to stay with me because I can wear it as a cowl. I just, I don't want to stretch it out. So um, I actually wore it as a cowl this weekend. It was lovely. So yeah, that one is also in the magazine. Felt a bit weird having two, um, two designs in there. Rosina had two designs in as well. We were like the double bubble twins. <laughs> um, yeah very pleased with it I think it's a lovely design and it goes from a size small up to a 5xl the 4xl and the 4 and 5xl are the same um, number of stitches it's just the way it worked out because you don't need to add that much more um, to your body width and it adds more length um, but it's it's sized for all sorts of different sizes and um, yeah that's all in the magazine too and then I have one final, um, one final, final destination. And that is to say that after I'd finished my wrap, um, the Encanto, not wrap, from uh, Claudia, I finished that I think two days after I'd recorded the last podcast. So it was, then I just hit a wall. I had no inspiration to craft at all. Didn't pick up a hook, didn't pick up needles, didn't pick up any thread, just wasn't sewing didn't do anything and that is really unlike me um 
usually I do something every single day. I craft every day. It's part of my being. I can't help but craft. I love it. It's like my downtime. I listen to audiobooks, I listen to podcasts, and I craft. That's what I do at night. Didn't do any. And um, I knew I needed to kickstart it because it's really not much chalk doing a crochet podcast and having no crochet to show and no other things to show off. So I needed a means of kickstarting my mojo. And I thought, crochet's not, not that crochet's not cutting it for me, knitting's not cutting it for me, nothing's inspiring me to get going other than the turn to autumnal colours. So I came at it from a completely different approach, went into my stash and pulled out the most autumnal um yarn that I had, which is Indian Giant Squirrel by Riverlets. And it basically is autumn in a yarn. It has green, it has red, it has orange, it has mustard, it's got a little bit of blue, it's got a little bit of grey and it's just amazing like this is one of those gobsmacking skein of yarns when you see it you can't believe that somebody's managed to dye those colors up it's just incredible and i kicked this up probably about a year ago because i was going to use it for something and then i didn't so it sat there all kicked up ready to go and i walked into my stash palace and there it was screeching i'm the one i'm the one you're looking for i am the bringer backer of your mojo and that's exactly uh, what it did so i just quickly started up a new pair of knitted socks just something really simple because clearly if i've lost my crafting mojo like there's something clicking over in my brain that's occupying it so i didn't want anything difficult and the socks that i really love are the ones that are just plain and also there is so much going on with this yarn like it's it's a busy yarn because of all of those colours. There is no point in me adding to a pattern to this, adding a pattern to this as well, because it will just be lost. There's no point. So I just kept it simple and it brought my crafting mojo back. So I do have two socks, one on the blocker and one here to show you. So I finished them off. And as always, I have not yet put them on my feet because I like to show you pristine socks all rather than um, ones that I have worn in for a couple of days. Yes, I wear my knitted socks for two days before I wash them. And I put them in the washing machine. And I do the same with my crocheted socks. I have no shame. But I don't want to wash my lovely woolly socks every after every one use. So I I wear them twice and then they get washed. I know some people wear them for longer. I don't. Just two. They just get two days worth of wear and then I put them to the washing machine pile. So moving on to on roots, um, obviously there's the positivity spiral, but you've seen that so many times, I'm not going to go into detail with that and you saw it during the yarn review. My next one's a little bit cheaty because I haven't actually started it, but I have printed off the pattern and I've selected all of my yarn and I am going to do the Colourpop sweater by Jomi Conradi. Um, she's based out in South Africa and she's doing some really amazing crochet designs at the moment and she's also size inclusive most definitely for her latest one the Colourpop and I'm really excited to start it's DK so I'm sure it will be really quick to crochet up but I don't think I'm going to get this done quickly because there's so much else going on 
so it might be a little bit of a while but what I want to do is show you the yarns that I'm going to use and introduce the concept of the actual jumper itself. So if I've read the pattern right, what you actually do is you start at one sleeve and you're working vertically as it would fit onto your body. You start at one sleeve, you come all the way up to your chest and then you go out to the other sleeve and you do a front panel and you do a back panel. Now what that means is if you have got stash yarn in your stash, there are some colours that you don't necessarily want right up at your face, then you could put them out to the sleeve and have the colour that you do want at your face coming into that centre panel, if that makes sense. So let me show you how that's going to look and I will pop photos of this in the, um, in the notes. But I have got four skeins of DK yarn. Two of them are in a deep, rich, red, orange, dark brown variegated palette. And two of them are in a more orangey, mustardy palette. So I think I would struggle personally to wear the reddish one right up at my face. I think it will just wash me out. I think the mustard does a little bit as well, but I love mustard so much I care a lot less about that. But I tend not to wear um, reds and I'm not sure this is coming across on video just as red as it actually is. So this is not a colourway that I would normally wear at my face. However, because of the construction of the jumper, I can wear it out and along my arms and coming up towards my chest. So it's actually going to work into, I think, a bit of a fade. And because I have got um, two skeins of each, I can put two skeins away for the back piece and use two skeins for the front piece. And then I should know if I'm going to run out of yarn with these four. And if I am, then I can just introduce another colour as part of my fade. So I've just added into there a much lighter mustardy colour and I could essentially build up a fade in my jumper because of the way that this jumper is constructed. And I think it's going to be absolutely amazing and lovely and warm. And then the pattern also calls for cuffs, which I'm like, for those of you listening, I am now towering five bits of yarn basically off my chest and I'm thinking for my cuffs I might just use a really simple saturated mustard colour because I think it goes with all of the other colours. So I've got a bit of a Colourpop fade sweater going on basically I think that's what I'm going to make and it may be just a three colour sweater or if I need to I will introduce a fourth colour which will essentially be right the way down my middle, the middle of my torso. And I'm going to make this quite a cropped sweater because that's that's what I like and that's what I wear. Even today I have a little cropped knitted jumper on and I just layer it up. So that is what this is going to be. Now these four skins I'm currently holding up, the cakes, actually came from the Facebook marketplace group that I was talking about earlier got them for a bit of a bargain price actually. The dyer was yarn and art 
and I got all four skeins posted for £38, which really is a bargain. Um, and they are 280 metres per 100 grams. So I've got a decent yardage on that as well, decent meterage. And I just fell in love with the colours. Again, autumnal. Like, just... I thought, given that I'd done so well getting my mojo back, then I should continue with the autumnal colours I'm really loving at the moment. So, you will see some progress on this in next month's podcast. I really don't know how much, because... There's a lot going on. Um, but I would like to think I will have started it. Um, if you haven't had a look at the Colourpop sweater, then do go and have a look. Up, I've already put links to it in the show notes. Joey does really amazing designs, so check her out if you don't already. She's on Instagram as my square hat. And um, I made a shawl of hers again in linen stitch uh, probably about a couple of years ago now, and I really enjoyed it. She does good pattern writing. Um so as I've just said, it's in linen stitch. And I did make a point after I had finished my Isja sweater that I would never do another like torso linen stitch jumper again, as Stasia reminded me in the global hookup. I think this is different because it's going to be on the vertical and it's also cropped. So I'm going to give it a try and see how it works and I'll report back. And if I, you know, from what I can see from the photos of the ones that the test crochets did it seems to hold up it's also in a dk yarn so it's got a bit more structure to it and if it's cropped then i'm not going to have the same weight imbalance going on with my jumper i just felt with my esja that it just pulled down and down and again down and it felt quite holy and a bit too open um yeah so that's that's why i was anti-linen stitch but that is with it running horizontally rather than vertically. So I'll feedback and let you know. The other thing I would say is the cuffs, the waistband and the collar in the pattern are all meant to be done in crocheted rib. And I really don't enjoy, I do not enjoy crocheted rib. It just takes so long. So I'm going to cheat and knit mine instead. So which means I'll be adding them all after and you know me, I can't help it. I have to fiddle with the pattern. That's my major fiddle for this pattern. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna knit parts of it because life is too short and I know what I'm like. The minute I start that jump I'm going to want to weed it. So I'm gonna knit those bits at the end. And as ever I will put details on what I've done and the finagling that I've done into my project notes. So that is en route to be. Might get started this weekend. Who knows? We'll see. So we're on to feeding the habit. I have yarn. I have not spent a penny on yarn. This is the other thing that you can do when you're de-stashing. Normally when I have... Um, when we're gathering sandbatch is meeting once a fortnight. A couple of times throughout the year we will have a yarn swap usually do it in January and then maybe again in kind of June July time and obviously we can't do that so I was fortunate enough to have been away this weekend with a couple of friends we had accommodation booked for Yarndale in Skipton obviously Yarndale didn't go ahead it did go ahead as a virtual entity which was really lovely and I was part of as a vendor 
but um, we couldn't get the money back on our accommodation so we took the call and we met up together well very sensibly if we went into town we wore masks we didn't go into town that much we brought our own food we tried to not impact on the local population we were very sensible when we went away for the weekend um but what we did was took some of the stash that we didn't want anymore and we did a stash swap as part of our weekend so um my friend sam got some stuff from me and i got some stuff from her so let me show you what i got so i got three skeins back from the stash swap the first one is a french um dyer and it's called laine amori and the base is called athens and it's 100 percent merino it's a four ply so it's 400 meters per 100 grams um and the colorway is in cerise dom mon gin tonic gin tonic gin tonic i have this really horrendous habit of when i'm trying to pronounce something in french just softening the wrong things I once was in a French airport and honestly asked for a coffee and a muffin instead of a muffin. How offensive. It wasn't intended. My brain just tries to think the way that somebody else would pronounce a word and then pronounce it that way. It was just awful. So gin tonic, not gin tonic. Ridiculous woman. So that is quite a deep saturated cordially red colour it's lovely it's most likely going to be socks or the edging for a shawl i'm holding it up to my face to make my point about kind of going into deeper red tones it just really washes me out i have um like broken veins and red bits on my cheek because i was a really silly girl and went skiing a number of years ago and didn't wear any face cream and give myself second degree burns so i have very pink skin tones and i have quite blush red cheeks very very pink red cheeks really and i'm also very pale so adding these brighter red tones right up my at my skin just doesn't doesn't really do anything for me so it'll probably be socks could also be part of a jumper at the bottom half but really lovely colour. I love the colour. Um, it's just not something that I would wear right up at my skin. That was skin number two. One. Skin number two is um, John Arbin Textiles. And it's their Exmoor Zwartblaze in a double knit. So it's a lovely mid-grey colour. I actually think it's called the shade is light. And it is 70% Zwartblaze and 70... Sorry, 30% Zwartblaze. 70% Exmoor um, Blueface and this is one of their standard um, yarns that they have. And then the third skein that I got is, I think it's a self-striping yarn. There is no label. Sam couldn't remember what it, what it was. Um, she's fairly sure it was something that was given to her. But it is in, uh, it's a DK and it, I think it is going to self-stripe up in red green like a petrol blue a purple almost going into a brownie tone um and i quite the greens are like a forest green and a bright grass green sounds revolting but i think when this is actually knitted up it's going to be gorgeous and what i'm thinking about doing is making matthew a pair of proper boot socks um 
and doing helical knitting with a with a solid colour, so maybe something black or a dark grey. So what you'll get then is every other row would be the dark grey and then you would get a mixture of these different colours coming up and through in the next row in. So it could be quite interesting looking. And when I say boot socks for Matthew, what I mean is that he, um, all of his training is now delivered in on Zoom and it is going to be for the foreseeable future, which means that he has stood up delivering training pretty much all day long. And um, his feet get cold and he wants something squishy. So some double knit socks might be just the ticket for him to keep him warm and to give him a bit more padding while he stood up all day. So three skeins of incoming yarn that I don't feel that I had to pay for. I mean, obviously the yarn that I swapped with Sam, I had paid for, but that's not the point. It doesn't feel like I paid for them. It feels like I got three skeins of yarn for free and some left my stash that I no longer wanted. So I am very happy. These are going to hit the freezer. Not that I don't trust Sam, more that nothing is allowed to come into my stash palace unless it has been through the freezer for two weeks. So these will pop off to the freezer and uh, then they can go and join all my other little yarn babies. Babies. So on to quick news beats. Um, the next global hookup, the October ones, are going to be on Saturday the 17th of October at 8pm and Sunday the 18th of October at 9am and we're still in British summertime at that point so make sure you're going by BST not GMT. Um, I've added a password into there, it's not that I've added it, it's that Zoom now requires a password. So it's in the show notes and it's in the Mighty Networks already listed, but the password is WOOL in capitals, so W-O-O-L. That's the password that you will need to get in. Um, next thing, this is so exciting, is that a group of awesome crocheters, and me, <laughs> are actually taking part in a panel discussion for Vogue Knitting Live, which is going to be on between um, the 8th of October and the 11th of October. And we're doing a panel discussion on the 8th. Um, and it's the title is Crochet in the UK. It's been pulled together by uh, Claudia, Crochet Luna Podcast. It was her idea. She put the idea forward to Vogue. She's pulled together the panel and I just like hats off to her she's done a fab job and really nice that she wants to push what's happening in the UK crochet scene um as I get more details I will add them into the show notes and I will also pop them up onto Instagram but it would be amazing if you could join us and come and um, watch the panel discussion I think it's great that Vogue Knitting Live wants to represent crochet as well so the more of us are watching and interacting with it the better. So if I tag them on Instagram and you see me tagging them, I'd love it if you're hitting the like button and commenting and responding. So we're making a big thing out of crochet and showing them that there's a real audience there for it. And that's how we're going to make a difference effectively is by continually pushing and flying the flag for crochet. The more we do it, the more there will be for us and we won't be marginalised and sidelined. 
I think Claudia, like, she didn't have to do this at all, especially with a UK, you know, spin on it, given she's sat in, in uh, San Diego. So, yeah, look forward to that. There's so much good crochet stuff coming your way. Like, I can't tell you. I know about so many things that are going to happen and I can't tell you what they are, but there is so much stuff coming to push crochet forward. It's very exciting times. Um, my next point is that somebody got in touch to say that they were having problems accessing the, f accessing the files in Evernote. If anybody else has had problems, can you please let me know? Um, and equally, if you've been able to get into Evernote, can you please let me know? I don't know what's going awry there. I don't know if it's something that I'm doing. I don't know if I need to pay for premium to give you access. But I don't want to set up a system that then isn't working for you. So if you can just give me a heads up on if you've had any problems or if it's worked for you, that would be really helpful. Thank you. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that has been supporting me on Patreon. I cannot tell you, like how much of a difference it makes to me and my life to be able to know that some of the financial pressure is off to be able to deliver this podcast. It really makes a difference. So thank you very much. Also thank you, thank you to everybody that just likes, comments, shares the podcast. It's amazing and it spreads the word and it gets it out there and it's just really helpful. Had a little look at the audio numbers and we are like, we're edging so close to 100,000 downloads on audio alone, which just blows my little tiny mind. <laughs> I just, I can't believe that so many of you tune in every month for me in my little studio, just recording me spraffing away about crochet and what I love. So thank you for your support thank you for like your financial support for your social media support for everything I, it really means a lot um what was my final one? Oh yeah just you've probably got the gist that there's a lot going on in our household at the moment so if i'm not around too much especially in the next month um don't take it personally if i'm not responding to things that quickly it's not personal, there's just a lot going on and I'll be able to explain more in the next podcast and kind of share what's actually happening. Um, all is well, nothing horrible, all good stuff. I'm just not at a point where I can share it with you yet because I don't want to jinx it. Um, so uh, yeah, I if I'm not around much, that's why. And also if the next podcast might be a little bit of a conglomerate of things, I'm going to try and record things over the coming weeks so the um the november podcast might actually just be a little random bunch of stuff still with a little bit of me like hosting it obviously but it might be bits and pieces that i've recorded so if you're watching it you might see me in different outfits and in different locations that's just symptomatic of what's happening with our lives at the moment so um yeah there will still be a podcast, do not worry. It just might be like it's a piecemeal podcast. Um, but hopefully the content level will still be high for you. Hopefully. Um, and my final one is J'adore. And I have a totally different podcast for you this time. But it's still completely relatable, I think. Um, it's audio and it's called Rock and Roll Farming. <laughs> 
It's hosted by a gentleman called Will Evans. He has a cattle and arable and egg farm over in Wales. He's in North Wales, I think, near Wrexham. And he has got like a hundred and odd, like way over a hundred different episodes where he, on a weekly basis, um, apart from a kind of hiatus last year, has actually, week in, week out, delivered an interview with other farmers or agrics within the industry, scientists, specialists in their field. I know, it's a bit random, but actually, if, like me, you have an interest, a true interest in the provenance of the things that you buy and eat and use, then actually this is a really interesting podcast because it gets you right into the heart of the farming community and what they're up against and how they deal with things and a lot of environmental matters in and around the farming community as well, including a lot of shepherds and a lot of people that are diversifying um, to keep their farms alive. It's really interesting. It's particularly from a UK perspective. One of the things that is utterly wonderful about it, and I'm sure this is one of the things a lot of you would love, is that because he interviews people from all over the UK, the dialects that you can hear in interviews are just amazing. So it might be people from the northeast with a bit of a Newcastle lilt, or it might be people from Cumbria with a real Cumbrian lilt, or from down south with a Wiltshire lilt. And it's just, it really shows off the breadth of amazing dialects that we've got throughout the UK. And it's interesting. I'm not saying they would all be of interest to you, but because he's got well over 100 different podcasts, I'm sure you can pick and choose the bits that are actually of interest to you. I came across it because uh, Maria, who's a friend, she's also um, somebody whose products I stuck stock, she's got Dodge Some Wood. So she's a farmer, but she's also diversified. She makes the wool wash that I sell. She makes the shampoo bars that I sell. She is also a shepherd and she sells wool and she has rivernets doing some hand dyeing for her on some of her yarns. So there's a really nice like, context there for something that's sheepy and therefore something that's crochet. Um, she was mentioned in one of the interviews which was done by Herdy Shepherd, which I'm sure some of you will have heard of Herdy Shepherd because he has a massive following. Um, so there's actually a double episode interview with James Raybanks, who is Herdy Shepherd. Really interesting. Um, he's had an interesting life and it just gives you a totally different aspect. So if you've ever thought that there's not much about farmers and they're, they're not that interesting, like I implore you to listen to some of the interviews because some of the work that they do is groundbreaking. The environmental work that they do is incredible and the way that many of them care for their their flocks, for their herds, it comes across in the interview. So if you want to know a little bit more about the food that you eat, about the processes behind wool that is used for the industry that we're all involved in, then go and have a look at rock and roll farming. I'm I'm I've gone right back to the beginning. And I'm listening to them all in order. And it's a wealth of knowledge about agriculture throughout the UK. I'm loving it. It's really in-depth, which I really like. <laughs> I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but if you just want to dip your toe in, then I would say definitely listen to the two with James Rebanks and Herdy Shepherd because he's a really interesting character. Right, and that is it for me.
I'm going to be back on the 6th of November in some form. Who knows? It might be a hologram. Um, but I will be about on the 6th of November ready to deliver another podcast to you. Until then, I am waving. Have a lovely month. I will see you on the socials. And uh, yeah, enjoy November. Not November, October. Honestly. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> My brain is fuzzed. (laughs) Enjoy October. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to this episode. What is this episode? Episode 58. And beyond that, I also have another yarn review for you. I have got some um, <laughs> um so just to add to that then I am going to be doing a dis dash and stash. Uh, that was like moustache. I'm going to be doing a de-stash on um, this coming Sunday, which is Fourth, fourth of September, October. And uh, then they can go join all my other little yarn babies. Babies. Oh my, the rose there for you. Still in British summertime at that point. Just check. Because you know what you're like, you're an idiot when it comes to this.